Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Nonprofit Coach with Ted Hart, the most listened to internet radio show in the nonprofit sector, dedicated to helping your charity succeed. It's no secret that combining online and offline techniques is the key to modern day fundraising success, and practical advice is what you need. The Nonprofit Coach with Ted Hart is the perfect landing point to learn from experts around the world who provide advice you can use. Ted Hart is without a doubt one of the foremost nonprofit thought leaders. Also a successful author, his books range from successful online fundraising to the use of social media and how to make your nonprofit green. Guests on the Nonprofit Coach are leaders in their field who share tips and trade secrets for nonprofit management and fundraising success. Ted lectures around the world, but now he's here for you. From the latest in charity news, technology, fundraising, and social networking, Ted and his guests help you and your organization move to greater levels of efficiency and fundraising success. This is a live call-in show. Add your voice by calling 347-324-3080. After the show, you can find all our podcasts at tedhart.com. Click on Radio. Don't forget to dial 347-324-3080. Now, welcome the host of The Nonprofit Coach, Ted Hart. And welcome here to the latest edition of The Nonprofit Coach. Thank you so much for joining us today. I am coming to you live from the international headquarters of the Charities Aid Foundation of America, CAFAmerica.org, an international intermediary for individuals, foundations, and corporations looking to support good charities around the world. Uh, today is a bit of a special day for me because I am celebrating a big birthday today. Uh, I, in fact, turn 50 tomorrow, and I'm starting with a celebration right here on this show. So here's a little bit for me. So I want to thank everybody for the happy birthday wishes I've been receiving all morning on Facebook and uh, emails. Uh, so thank you, everyone. We've got a big show uh, for you uh, today. And uh, as the announcer mentioned, this is a live call-in show uh, when we get to our page two expert today, who is Clint O'Brien, uh, who is coming to us from Engaging Networks and is going to be talking about trends in successful online fundraising, and that number is 347 Three two four thirty eighty. You can join us over in the chat room. I see a number of people over in the chat room. Folks, you can ask questions there, uh, or you can email me today at tedhart at tedhart.com. As always, here on the Nonprofit Coach, we start with page one news. First up here on page one news, and as always, you can follow along uh, in the radio links today by going to tedhart.com and click on radio links. You'll not only find today's links, but the very best of information and links from all of the shows here on the Nonprofit Coach going back over the last four years. Uh, so today, first up, you will find from HubSpot, one of our favorite websites, 
uh, free guide to how to optimize your marketing channels. Learn how to optimize your blog, landing pages, search engine optimization, email campaigns, and social media profiles. Uh, in this guide, you're going to uh, learn that the goal here isn't to overwhelm you, but is to help you maneuver through sometimes the complicated optimization tests and analysis that can help you um, highlight some quick wins for your organization. So you can download that free e-guide uh, over in the radio links today at tedhart.com. Uh, next up here on the Nonprofit Coach, and it is a pleasure to be the co-host of the Digital Leap Conference uh, each year. This will be the fifth annual Digital Leap Conference in Toronto. It's going to be next week, Thursday, May 1st. And today I've got uh, Taslin Samani, uh, who is with Stephen Thomas uh, up in Toronto, who is also co-hosting uh, this conference. Welcome here to the Nonprofit Coach Taslin. It is a real pleasure to be on your show, Ted, and can I add my birthday wishes to the list of ones you've already received? Happy birthday, Ted. Congratulations. Well, thank you so much. It, it, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a big birthday I thought of ignoring, but uh, uh, today with social media, it's hard to ignore much of anything, so I just decided to embrace it. Um, and you heard already here on uh, the Nonprofit Coach, one of the radio links that we have is from our, one of our favorite websites, and that's HubSpot. And there's a HubSpot connection to Digital Leap this week, so, uh, or this year. So why don't we start there? Absolutely. Um, we have a wonderful speaker from uh, HubSpot coming to Digital Leap this year, and we're excited to be welcoming Rachel um, Siebel, who will be speaking on inbound marketing. Um, at, uh, at Digital Leap. And I think you know, inbound marketing is one of those things that has really sort of gained some traction over the last few years. And it's something that nonprofit organizations should really be thinking about in a more strategic kind of way. Um, how do you retain your donors uh, if you're having difficulty keeping your constituents and your volunteers engaged? How do you sort of share your messages and build connections with prospective new donors um, and new supporters to your organization? And inbound marketing can really sort of help with that. And so we have Rachel uh, coming in from HubSpot, and HubSpot is certainly a leader in inbound marketing. She's going to be doing a session, a really exciting session, on how nonprofit organizations um, can understand what inbound marketing uh, is to, can mean to their, uh, to their organizations and how to go about developing an inbound marketing strategy. So excited to have yeah. her on board for sure. And we had Rachel here on, uh, on the show giving us a bit of a preview. She was a big hit on the show a few weeks ago. Uh, now, this is an incredible lineup that we have have fifth year. Um, I know that uh, uh, you and I and the others that are on the development team for Digital Leap, we always try to reinvent the conference because everything that is digital uh, is constantly changing, and this conference is meant to make sure that folks are not only on the cutting edge, but making good, efficient use of the tools that are available to them. Registration this year is off the hook. I mean, we just have uh, uh, very close to sell out at this point, but uh, some slots are still available um, over at digitalleap.org, and we do have a link in the radio links today. Um, why don't you share with me um, some of the reasons why you think Digital Leap in its fifth year is just becoming such a big deal? Well, I think we've uh, we really 
focused primarily on the nonprofit sector and how digital and the trends in digital marketing relate back to uh, charities and how they're going about doing their marketing and fundraising. So we're very unique in the sort of whole plethora market space of, uh, of digital conferences out there. Certainly there's um, South by Southwest and uh, DX3 and a lot of others that, uh, that go on, but they really uh, target and are tailored to the commercial sector. And so our conference is unique in that we bring in big brands like HubSpot, like Google, um, like uh, uh, like some of the others uh, that we have, Tapped Mobile coming on board this year as well, to really talk about sort of best practices in their particular uh, organizations and how the trends uh, and changes in technologies that they're seeing uh, affect nonprofit organizations and what nonprofit organizations can do about them. So I think what our unique selling proposition is, what our unique uh, feature set is as, as a conference in the wide spectrum of conferences out there, is that we do bring big brands uh, in the digital marketing space and big thinking to the charitable sector. So we're exposing nonprofit organizations to larger trends going on in, in the world around us. Um, and and, and, and mixing, they have for mixing us. in with that some of the experiences of nonprofit organizations and certainly nonprofit leaders who are also speakers at the conference. So this is, this is really an opportunity to learn from the very best uh, from both sides of the sector. Absolutely. So one of the new things that we've introduced this year is a session called Charity Talks. And we have uh, four leading uh, charities, the Salvation Army, World Wildlife uh, Federation of Canada, Cystic Fibrosis Canada, and the Canadian Women's Foundation actually sharing in a TED Talk style uh, session uh, their experiences with a particular digital uh, fundraising or digital marketing campaign at their organizations and really being upfront, open, and honest about some of the successes and then some of the learnings coming out of those, uh, those experiences. So it's an opportunity for the participants to really be inspired by what they're hearing and also to take away some really key, uh, key practical learnings uh, back to their own organizations when they're developing their, their next big digital marketing or fundraising campaign. So um, some registration spots are still available. We also have a, a really unique session scheduled this year where uh, there will be live review of both website and mobile platforms. Uh, so charities that are coming can submit their website um, for both mobile review and for desktop review. Absolutely. This is a really exciting session uh, that we're going to be hosting. Um, Ted, uh, you are hosting that alongside with uh, Philip King from Cornerstone. Um, and, you know, these sessions are really practical um, uh, sessions, but they're also uh, very hands-on and uh, really based on best practice. And Ted, you've been doing this for, for a while, and you are really an expert at, at websites and what nonprofit websites should be and the types of things that should be included on home pages as well as on internal pages. The addition of the mobile piece is, I think, a really unique uh, piece this year. Uh, it really sort of speaks to uh, where mobile is, is going in the marketplace. And uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing some of the, the, the charities that sign up for the session and for your live review. It's, it, it, they all, I always come away with something new, uh, something new learned and, and something new to implement, really based on yeah, and best that, practice. And, the and live website review, yeah, the live website review we've done for a couple of years is always a big hit because it's basically coming to a conference and getting a free high-level consultation 
reputation uh, for your website, exactly. which so many charities have told us that they have just so benefited from that and probably could not have afforded the consultation on their own. But this is what's unique about this is never done before uh, is the live desktop and mobile review of the same site in the same setting. Uh, so that's really exciting for Digital Leap this year. Absolutely, it is. So uh, go to digitalleap.org. Join Taslim and I uh, at the fifth annual Digital Leap Conference that's going to be at the Art Gallery of Ontario on Thursday, May 1st. I'm looking forward, Taslim, to seeing you uh, in Toronto. And uh, this is just going to be a very, very exciting conference. I'm, I am absolutely blown away by the number of registrations we already have in, and we still have a week. I am too, Ted. It's very exciting stuff. Uh, Ted's going to be there. Google will be there. HubSpot will be there. Tapped Mobile will be there. We have some great charities lined up as well. BlackBot is also going to be there. So it's a really stellar lineup of folks coming in to share their knowledge and experiences and really inspire the, the participants that will be attending that day. I'm really looking forward to it as well. And we'll see you next week, Ted. Terrific. Looking forward to seeing you. That's uh, Tazlin Samani, uh, who is with Stephen Thomas uh, up in uh, Toronto, uh, who is my co-host for uh, the Digital Leap Conference. Looking forward to seeing you next week. Uh, finishing up here on page one news, we're next uh, back with Marketing Sherpa. Over at Marketing Sherpa, and in the radio links today at tedhart.com, you will find Four Steps to Optimize a Mobile Experience for Better Conversion. Uh, one of the big topics here that you'll find at Digital Leap and you'll find in this particular article um, is the shift to mobile. Almost half of all emails are open on mobile devices, uh, and that's definitely a big uh, shift in just the last three years when three years ago only 10% of emails were being opened on mobile. So this is a dramatic shift, one that nonprofit organizations need to understand and have strategies in place for. Uh, and what you will find is four steps to optimize that mobile experience over in the radio links today. And of course you'll hear all about that at Digital Leap if you come to the conference. Next up here in the radio links is really not uh, an overly earth-shattering um, uh, uh, website uh, posting, uh, but I'm sharing it with you today. It's your nonprofit needs these five types of donors, uh, which I suppose is written in a way that's supposed to sound like news, uh, but it's prospects, individual donors, major donors, corporate donors, and foundations. It's written uh, as uh, sort of um, a, you know, a how-to. What's, what's monumental about this, I think, uh, and the reason I'm sharing it with you today uh, is because of where it is posted. It's posted over at entrepreneur.com uh, who is now has a series on starting your own nonprofit organization. And so the interest of entrepreneurs in nonprofit organizations and going to entrepreneur.com to get that information um, is very interesting. I don't think you'll read anything new in this, but I think it's important that we all know uh, that this kind of content, very basic content for most, most of us, is being posted over at entrepreneur.com. Uh, next up, you'll find in the radio links uh, today coming to us from Huffington Post Impact uh, is on Google Ad Grants. Now we talk a lot about Google uh, here on the Nonprofit Coach. Uh, for those of you who are familiar with the six uh, pillars for online successful nonprofit organizations, you know that Google is part of your overall success strategy. We do talk about Google Grants and the strategy of 
being able to not only attain but maintain um, your Google Grant, well, over in the radio links today is a terrific uh, infographic um, talking about the biggest missed opportunity for nonprofit marketing being that of Google Ad Grants um, and how you can maximize uh, for qualified organizations $10,000 per month in AdWords spend on Google.com. How do you qualify? How, how do you keep the grant? Um, so extremely important information over in this uh, infographic. We've talked a lot about this on the Nonprofit Coach. Uh, and uh, so uh, I want to make sure that you pick that up over at tedhart.com over in the radio links today. Uh, with that, uh, that wraps up page one news, and it's now time to get on over to our page two expert, Clint O'Brien. It's my pleasure to welcome back here to the Nonprofit Coach, uh, a big, uh, not only expert, but a favorite here on the Nonprofit Coach, Clint O'Brien, who is now the Chief Operating Officer of the fast-growing software company Engaging Networks. You'll find the link for Engaging Networks over in the radio links today at tedhart.com. Amnesty International USA, Greenpeace International, hundreds of other leading nonprofits worldwide now use the flexible Engaging Network online platform to raise money win advocacy campaigns, and build relationships with supporters in smart, highly targeted ways. Previously, and this is uh, where you'll recognize Clint as a prior guest here on The Nonprofit Coach, uh, Clint spent nine years leading marketing and sales very successfully over at Care2, the online community of more than 25 million uh, members. So uh, uh, Clint has moved on, uh, is bringing his expertise to a new platform, and he's here as my guest here on the Nonprofit Coach today as our Nonprofit Coach expert talking about trends in successful online fundraising. Welcome back to the Nonprofit Coach, Clint O'Brien. Thanks, Ted. It's great to be back uh, with you and engaging with your audience. Well, I, I noticed how you uh, snuck that little engaging word in there, so that must <laughs> be the word of the day uh, today. Um, so because you've got this new gig and, and you've been such a, a, a perennial expert uh, and a favorite one at that here on the Nonprofit Coach, why don't we start at the beginning on a little bit more than I was able to share about what is Engaging Networks, where does it come from, and why does that platform give you reason to share trends in successful online fundraising today? Well, I'd be happy to. And uh, also, I, just uh, riffing on what you're, you were discussing with the previous speaker about the Digital Leap Conference, I invite anyone who's interested in engaging networks to uh, go see uh, Graham Covington at the conference. He'll be there next week in, in Toronto along with our Account Services Director, Amanda Foster. So Engaging Networks will be there as well. Um, yeah, I've, I've had my eye on Engaging Networks for many years, uh, dating back to 2008 when I was making a trip over to the U.K. In fact, I think it might have been when I first met you uh, because okay. we, were both we were both speaking at a conference in London back in 2008, and I asked people I knew, you know, who should I meet with when I'm over there? And I remember asking Shiraz Haji, who at that time was president of Get Active Software, who should I meet with, Shiraz? And he said, oh, you definitely should meet with Graham Covington at a company which back then had a different name. It was called Advocacy Online. And um, it was a company that Graham, who's himself a Canadian, 
uh, but was living in the UK, had founded while he was still over in the UK, uh, and it was primarily focused at that time on advocacy, on helping nonprofits and charities conduct online advocacy very effectively. And even then, already had lots and lots of clients over in the UK and the EU. Um, but that was my first encounter with Graham, and of course, he very quickly uh, reoriented his company in several ways. He began to build out fundraising capabilities uh, to make it a really world-class platform for online fundraising. Uh, and he also rebranded it to take that into account, you know, have a broader name. So it's, it was uh, rebranded, I think, in 2008 or 2009 as Engaging Networks. Um, and then the last thing that's significant in the company history is he relocated the main base of operations to Washington, D.C. a few years ago. So that's sort of the, the quick history of the company, which I've been watching grow gradually and very organically over the years. Um, fast forward to today, and basically Engaging Networks is one of the only credible alternatives to the very well-known platforms that are out there from BlackBaud. You know, BlackBaud has built a lot of uh, online uh, CRMs, you know, constituent relationship marketing platforms, um, and acquired the rest. <laughs> and so it's kind of a market dominated by one huge company. And interestingly enough, as I started to learn uh, during my time at Care2, uh, the marketplace is not necessarily that well served by just having one dominant player and not a lot of alternatives. So it's really created an opportunity not only for engaging networks, but for some other players in the industry. Um, so there are some other good good platforms out there besides us, besides BlackBot. But I, I will say that um, we are very proud of the fact that the Engaging Network's digital engagement platform, as we call it, um, is very innovative. It keeps, uh, keeps coming out with new features and enhancements every two to six weeks. So it's, we put a big premium on a short development cycle that allows us to keep improving, constantly improving the platform. Well, I also think that's very, one of the yeah. benefits of having multiple platforms and encouraging that uh, there are alternatives in the marketplace. Certainly nothing against BlackBot. They have uh, very excellent services. Uh, those who use those platforms are well served. But I think that innovation is often born out of competition um, and having multiple viewpoints and multiple opportunities uh, to receive service I think is just good for the marketplace. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I, when I was at Care2, I experienced that firsthand because for many years, Care2 was kind of alone in its category of doing paid acquisition online. And then it was when a, a significant competitor arrived that Care2 had to up its game and we had to innovate more quickly and we brought our prices down, etc. So it definitely benefited our clients that we had a competitor. And I think that's definitely true in the software world too. You know, charities are, are looking for platforms that don't just stay the same but that continue evolving uh, and improving because charities are evolving and improving. So well, what I was going to say, you know, go yeah. ahead. Go ahead. No, well, go ahead. Other than, other than innovation, you know, being a, a hallmark of engaging networks, another hallmark of engaging networks is openness. And that is a contrast between us and most of the BlackBot platforms out there in the sense that we are, you know, very open with APIs that allow you to connect us to almost anything that you can think of. Um, it's not a walled garden. There's no charge for using our APIs. It's all, you know, part of who we are. And so, you know, there's a trend of, of folks who are not only migrating off of CRMs uh, and want to be able to connect different services to those CRMs, but there's also now a trend of people migrating off their donor database of record, uh, which again is something that for many years BlackBot seemed to have locked up with their Razor's Edge product. But now you're seeing significant uh, 
movement of, of uh, nonprofits uh, to other alternative platforms, principally Salesforce, but also Roy Solutions and some others. And so it's very important to us as a CRM to be able to plug into and integrate elegantly with those other uh, databases, the databases of record. Because although a, a few of our clients use Engaging Networks as a donor database of record, it's generally an exception to the rule. Most of our clients are not trying to use us that way, and it's certainly not how we see ourselves. We're trying to be the best uh, online digital engagement platform we can be and, and letting others who've specialized in being donor database of record, you know, let them have that market. We just want to integrate with it you know, in a really uh, elegant, easy-to-use you know, way with bi-directional synchronization, automated, etc. Well, and and what are, do you think the biggest challenge for nonprofits who are trying to deal with uh, technology overall? And, and my guess is that a big part of your sales challenge is helping nonprofits understand how they can harness the power of various technology platforms, and in yours in particular, as you're saying, um, is able to plug in and work with um, uh, several more traditional um, or larger um, platforms. How do you help smaller nonprofits in particular understand that concept? Well, I think it starts with uh, nonprofits recognizing that this is uh, a profit center, not a cost center. In other words, you make an investment in having a robust platform for conducting your online fundraising and member engagement uh, and advocacy too if, you, if you're an organization that engages in advocacy. Because really uh, any kind of sophisticated uh, fundraising today requires uh, a database, preferably one with an integrated email tool connected to it, um, that can help you you know, not treat everyone like everyone. You know, to recognize that your different supporters come in many flavors and many different uh, income levels, and their hot buttons across the issues that your nonprofit works with are going to be very different, very individual. So it's all about the classic one-to-one -one marketing idea, that, and that's what CRMs make possible. So if you're still using you know, Outlook as your email tool and you're tracking your supporters on a Microsoft Excel workbook, um, you're missing out in a huge way on lots, lots and lots of funds that you could be raising for your, for your organization and your cause. Um, but you're also, your audience, is, you know, your supporters are missing out on the kind of relationship that they otherwise could be having with your organization. So I, I, I applaud, the, particularly here in the USA, I think there's a widespread understanding that you need a CRM. You should invest in, in having a CRM. Um, but beyond that, I think you know, the challenges for small nonprofits are very similar to the challenges for larger nonprofits, but they're just more resource constricted. So, you know, typically they have a much smaller team. Sometimes it's a team of one. And so they're looking for out-of-the-box solutions that don't require, you know, JavaScript uh, software development skills. And for that matter, preferably don't even require HTML or CSS type skills. Uh, and so we're trying to be a platform that offers that opportunity for folks who don't have those skills on their in-house staff, but also offers the flexibility uh, for those nonprofit organizations who are fortunate enough to have access to software developers, whether in-house or out-of-house, to be very creative and kind of do whatever they want. The sky's the limit in terms of building really creative uh, landing pages uh, for their advocacy campaigns and donation pages for their fundraising. 
I wanted to uh, bring up a, a point. I want to ask you to think about this. We're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back. And that's um, the issue around the issue of managing technology and working with outside vendors, particularly when you have a very small staff. One of the things that, that I've come across is where someone internal is the only one that has passwords. Uh, something's been developed internally because they don't have any money. They're not relying on external experts. Um, and that becomes a big problem when somebody else leaves and they have the password and nobody knows how to use the technology. And using um, state-of-the-art technology uh, in the cloud, on the Internet, gives you experts that can continue to serve the organization even if you have a staffing change. And so we'll be right back uh, to talk about that and much, much more uh, today here on the Nonprofit Coach uh, with Clint O'Brien. We'll be right back. Uh, over here um, in the uh, uh, the uh, break here, I did want to just share with you a little bit more information. In page one today, uh, we did talk about the Google Grants and the overall Google nonprofit program is something I want to share a moment with you right now. Every day, millions of people are online, many of whom want to help, volunteer, and donate to a good cause. Nonprofit organizations can use many Google tools to reach potential donors around the world and raise more money. And as an approved nonprofit, it doesn't cost a thing. It's all free. Google Grants helps you promote your website with free advertising on Google.com through the AdWords program. With Google AdWords, you create ads and choose words or phrases related to your nonprofit organization. When people search on Google using one of your phrases, your ad will appear next to the Google search results under the Sponsored Links section. AdWords allows you to target certain geographic areas, dates, and times of day for your ads to appear. YouTube for Nonprofits is another tool that can boost donations to your organization. The program offers a number of perks that get your message out there and drive viewers to take action and donate. You can list your organization on YouTube's nonprofit channel and add call to action overlays on your videos to drive viewers to donate. Need help analyzing your website traffic and marketing effectiveness? Google Analytics is a free tool that will give you rich insight and help you increase the number of people that visit and donate to your site. Google Analytics can be invaluable to many people in your organization, such as development directors, marketing staff, and your web team. There are many other tools that can help you reach more donors and raise funds, like Google Checkout, where you can process credit card donations with no transaction fee, Google Sites to create a free website, and Website Optimizer, where you can figure out the best landing pages to turn site visitors into donors. To get started, apply for Google for Nonprofits today. And uh, over in uh, the links today, I also want to draw your attention to our newsletter, the People to People Fundraising Newsletter here of the Nonprofit Coach. Just a couple of things I want to draw your attention to, and that is a reminder that we host a group over on LinkedIn. The People to People Fundraising LinkedIn group now has over 2,742 members. Uh, so join your colleagues over in, on LinkedIn, uh, and you can uh, uh, find that in our newsletter. Also, you can follow us on Twitter, at Ted Hart. And uh, over on Twitter, we have more than 2,341 
followers over on Twitter. So stay up to date and make sure you've got all the latest information. Here on The Nonprofit Coach, of course, uh, uh, today uh, we have Clint O'Brien, and then we're going to be on a spring break, uh, a bit of a, a birthday break. Uh, and we'll be coming back live here on the, uh, the Nonprofit Coach uh, on May 19th. And uh, coming back uh, next month on uh, May 19th, um, we will uh, – I'm sorry, uh, we're on break through May 19th. Of course, we're always live here on Tuesdays. So May 20th is our next show. Uh, and uh, we will have uh, Terry Temkin with us from Core Strategies for Nonprofits on how you can advertise uh, your organization and have um, a stronger strategies for your organization. So don't miss the next live show here on May 20th. And in between is a great time to catch up on hundreds of podcasts available at tedhart.com. Remember, our podcasts and archives are always available 24 hours a day at tedhart.com. Click on radio links. If you're listening live today, the phone lines are open. Call in and ask a question by dialing 347-324-3080. Now, back to The Nonprofit Coach with Ted Hart. And we're back here live uh, with Clint O'Brien. Clint, before we went on uh, the break, I wanted to just explore this um, uh, notion that particularly for smaller nonprofit staff turnover is also a reason to make sure you've got a strong technology partner. Absolutely. And um, I, I always feel that if you have to choose between having someone on staff who is a technology expert versus someone who is a fundraising expert, you're better served having a fundraising expert and outsourcing the technology know-how that, that you need but it's really a, it's a it's a devil of a choice because you, the technology is also incredibly important. But as you say, if it's a, a an organization that has the wherewithal to hire outside consultants, you can get very good consulting. Uh, I'm always very impressed with the level of not only functional and implementation consulting, but also very strategic consulting that's available in the USA to some extent in uh, Canada. Um, I'm getting a lot of exposure now to the UK market because Engaging Networks is so active in the UK. And I'm finding that the level of, of technology expertise in the fundraising technology uh, space is, by contrast, a lot less over in the UK. And it's still developing, still in early stages, I would say. And, and I think that the charitable sector will be much better served in the UK once they get to that point. But here in the USA, certainly there's lot, lots of um, options for, for charities. Yeah, and, and when charities are, are trying to make those decisions, of course, there are lots of options. Um, and I did want to uh, just make note, uh, uh, our topic today is um, uh, telling uh, your story and building creative campaigns and then specifically trends in successful online uh, fundraising. And David is, uh, I guess, drawing us back a little bit more closer to that topic um, and asking specifically, what are the main trends happening in the market right now for nonprofits seeking online fundraising, email, and marketing software similar to engaging networks? Well, I know uh, you guys were talking about this before I came on the show today about the, the importance of the mobile platforms, uh, which is hard to, it's hard to stress how important that's become. Um, we are finding among our clients that those who uh, focus on optimizing their donation pages, for example, for mobile platforms are getting 
you know, as much as 400 or 500% higher conversion on their donation pages by doing that. And that's obviously because of the lifestyle trend and more people accessing these pages through mobile devices. And it's one of the reasons why we have automatic mobile responsive templates that will kick in automatically uh, for our donation pages that our clients are, are building using our tools in case the nonprofit has not developed their own special template. It's just, you know, it's the fallback uh, so that at least the page will be mobile optimized. But anybody who's interested, in, by the way, in what a huge difference mobile optimization can make should look at the latest issue of Fundraising Success Magazine. There's a piece there called uh, Mobile Madness, which was co-written by uh, Karen Kirchhoff of Mindset Direct and Jeff Reagan of WIDA. Um, and it focuses on one of our clients, uh, Elise Ledsinger at uh, Humane Society International, and what a huge difference she was able to show in her fundraising results, she and the rest of her team, um, by using our tools and focusing specifically on mobile optimization. Well, and this is, this is no longer just a, sort of a, a, a nice-to-have or a good idea. This is becoming core competency, and for a lot of nonprofit organizations who are still sort of dealing with um, a good desktop uh, uh, website and maybe behind the times with a desktop, uh, they're going to only slip further behind if they don't find a technology partner that can help them integrate these tools and continue to allow them to have time to focus on donors. Absolutely. And, and you know, there's also a constantly evolving set of best practices for online fundraising on the web. Uh, you know, for example, um, as I've learned recently, uh, you can get ridiculously higher conversion rates if you do something like pre-populating the forms that your supporters are landing on after they read your emails. Um, pre-populating the, the form fields with the contact information of, of that supporter. And, um, and so, you know, that's only possible, again, with CRM software, but allows you to pre-populate it with not only contact information, but also uh, highest previous contribution. You know, take advantage of the fact that you've tracked what this person has donated in the past, and so you know what ask to make on the landing page. And by the way, it's really important um, to do it not using a cookie-based method, which, believe it or not, several of the well-known software packages out there are still using cookies for this, and that's a terrible method. It's really sketchy, both for security reasons, uh, but because you're putting private data out there where it can be hacked into. But also, it's just so non-optimal if you think about the fact that a cookie resides in one browser on one device. Well, what if that user is going to access your page through a different browser on the same device or through a totally different device, like their iPhone, uh, but they submitted their contact information on their laptop? So it's a very non-optimal way to do it, which is why we don't do it. We use um, we use a real-time server call that's pulling that in from our database to pre-populate the fields. But these things, they sound technical. They turn out to be really high leverage in terms of getting much higher conversion rates and much more uh, fundraising results for your organization. So the, the technology that people need to be asking about, um, it, talk, talk just a little bit more about how that technology actually identifies the person who um, is on their mobile device. Is that uh, phone number-based identifications uh, as opposed to uh, cookie-based? Well, as I understand it, there's a unique IP that you can detect if someone's accessing your page through a mobile device. And so that's right. how you, can, you know what to serve up. Is it the 
regular web-oriented version, or is it the mobile-optimized version of the well, page? Well, sure, for the, for the web-optimized the web pages. Uh, but how does it identify who the person is, or do they still need to sign in? And once they sign in, it, uh, it pre-populates. Well, remember, if you're driving this person to your landing page through an email campaign, you targeted them because they're already in your supporter database. So it's and, coded and by the way, in within the email. Correct. So it's, in other words, by, by sending the email directly to one supporter whose contact information is already known and stored in your database, you're able to take advantage of that information to pre-populate the form that they're going to land on. And it makes a huge difference. And of course, if they pass it along, then the, then the link breaks, and it needs to break for privacy reasons. You can't, ha you can't be sharing data um, from friend to friend to friend. Um, but it's, uh, it's, it's an incredible um, success factor now. It's emerged. And that's, I just call that up as one example of how best practices have continued to evolve, not just on mobile platforms, but on the web as well. And for that matter, and, that, and, also, and, yeah. and they'll continue but, to change. So it's not even a matter of understanding, uh, sort of, I've got it right now, I, I can handle this. It's working with a technology partner that's going to make sure that you continue to evolve uh, with the technology. Well, absolutely, and, and that also that you ha are using systems that are open enough so that if a new best-in-breed tool comes along, you have a way to plug it into your system, and you know, you're, you'll be able to take advantage of that. So, for example, we've, we've kind of staked our claim on three main things that we think need to be integrated in one holistic system, and you know, more of an end-to-end -end solution, and those three things are advocacy and fundraising, because when those intersect, you get really powerful results. But also, as a third item, email. So we think that uh, a nonprofit organization is best served if the email tool is integrated with the advocacy and the fundraising tools. Um, we, we are you know, also adding different modules. We have a peer-to-peer -peer fundraising module that you can plug in, and that's an optional add-on to our platform. We have a, um, even a telemarketing module that's coming out. We have all kinds of ways that you can plug into different CMSs, content management systems, whether you're using something open like Drupal or you're using WordPress or whatever. There are ways to plug into that. But at the same time, um, you know, we, we felt like, okay, if we're going to – plant our flag on, on a hill, what, what should it be? And we decided, all right, it's advocacy, it's fundraising, and it's email. And, and that's it. Like I said earlier, we're not trying to be a donor database of record. Uh, we, we have a lot of respect for the systems that are out there, and we think that if we're going to be the best we can be, we have to pick and choose. Uh, so we're, we're trying to strike a balance between having the benefits of a more end-to-end -end solution, but also the openness to plug in other things like Drupal, like WordPress, like you know, uh, CrowdRise or whatever people want to plug into. Well, and, and, and that's part of the bigger ecosystem as well is um, you may already have a contract or a license uh, with other providers, but uh, how do you pull all that together? And again, how do you make sure that you've got you know, up-to-date security that you're able to maintain that in your email campaigns and through, through uh, mobile devices and desktops? So all of this technology, which might be confusing uh, to my average listener, um, doesn't need to be confusing if, in fact, you have a partner that's helping you work through your strategy so of taking care of the technology and so that you can continue to focus on what you should be focusing on, and that's relationships and donors. Absolutely. I mean, I, I totally applaud people who have 
uh, a firm grounding in the discipline of fundraising and that can apply those principles intelligently online. And I also think that they would be well advised to learn as much about technology as they can, but obviously never never put the cart before the horse. It's t the point is the fundraising, not the technology. Technology is just a tool to help you with your fundraising. But I will say that one very positive development on the landscape these days is the emergence of a new specialty of a kind of consultant who is an objective advisor to a nonprofit organization and is not on, on BlackBaud's payroll or, or our payroll or anyone else's and can give you objective advice about what, how, what would best serve you, you know, because every organization is somewhat unique and the different situations require different um, you know, different different uh, selling points for different platforms that you could pick. So I, I encourage people, and I'll, I'll just give one shout out to one of these pe people, uh, and you may know this guy, his name is Robert Weiner, and he has really uh, developed a specialty just being a very objective advisor to organizations. And sometimes he tells them they should go with us, and other times he doesn't. He says they should go with somebody else. But the point is he, he is able to come in, quickly do an audit to assess what technology would serve you best, and then walk you through it and walk you through an RFP process if that's what you want to do as an organization. So I, I encourage nonprofits that are feeling unsure of themselves in this brave new world of technology to look for people like Robert, and there are several other folks out there too who specialize in this because they can, they can really help them um, get good results much more quickly than if they were kind of floundering on their own. Yeah, and I think floundering on their own is a concern that a lot of uh, nonprofits have, and so they, they sort of set this technology aside and, you know, I'll get to it, but I've got to focus on, on my bread and butter, which is, you know, my special event or my direct mail uh, campaign. Uh, what do you say to those folks in terms of 2014 and um, what they should be thinking about from their donor's perspective? Well, that's uh, <laughs> such a broad question. I mean, I, I think that um, they're well served by going to conferences like Digital Leap, like NTC, like the Bridge Conference, and learning from their peers, being inspired by their peers, and picking up, you know, kind of what is the basic wardrobe of a good nonprofit fundraising program, you know. And it's, it absolutely starts and ends with the fundraising skills of the person on staff. I had the experience recently over in the UK of calling on an organization that was thinking of using our tools. And I had to set, tell them when they were done talking, I said, you know, much as I want you to license our tools, I think your top priority should be hiring a full-time fundraiser because they didn't have anyone on staff. They had kind of a part-time person. And I said, you're never going to see the kind of results you want to see until you invest the human resource, the human capital, into this effort. You know, and then the tools and all, that's important too. But it starts with making a commitment and having that discipline. Now, a close second, I think, nowadays, particularly as applies to online fundraising, is in fact finding the right tools and, and, and starting to get trained up on those tools. And I would rather have someone who, I mean, if I were running a nonprofit today, I would rather have a tool that's not the best tool, but it's a good tool, it's a solid tool, but have a staff that have really invested themselves in learning how to take maximum advantage of those tools as opposed to getting the very best tool but not making enough of a commitment to training people so that they're using the tools. And we're constantly working with our clients to try to get them to not only use our tools but use them strategically. You know? and, and we're not a consulting firm, so of course we're actually 
building relationships with lots of different consulting firms to help with that piece because we've made our choice. We're a pure play software company. We don't offer, a, we don't have a consulting arm the way some other uh, of our rivals do. But that presupposes that we have a robust partnership program, which is exactly what we've developed uh, with all sorts of different consulting firms. But I think that there are plenty of um, nonprofits who can achieve great results even with rudimentary tools as long as they are studying all the best practices and constantly testing, right? I'm sure you talk a lot about testing, Ted, um, because now the tools make it possible to do split testing of just about everything, not just subject lines on emails, but the content of those emails. And you can split test different landing pages, and you can use tools like Optimizely to optimize those landing pages. And there's lots and lots of things that you can do right now that will make measurable positive impacts on your fundraising results. And, and what about this, the, the notion, I think what happens for a lot of nonprofits is that they, they sort of become episodic uh, technology experts and that they have an event or a campaign and so they invest the time, uh, but the technology is really not part of what the organization is doing or how they're engaging their donors. Is, is that a successful option or is technology something that needs to be um, part of the day-to-day -day operations of the organization for it to have any lasting impact for donors? Well, I, I think technology is here to stay. Uh, just look at the growth in online giving, uh, which, you know, or digital giving, if you want to encompass mobile giving as well, and you can see that the growth rates uh, for the other channels, you know, although although the overall dollars you can raise through the other channels is still larger, the growth rate of digital is just so much higher than it is for any other channel. So technology is here to stay, and every nonprofit institution has to accept that and come to terms with it and embrace it. You know, and so so whether your solution is to bring technology skilled people onto your staff or to instead develop a relationship you know, with out-of-house sources, consulting firms, to get that technology expertise. One way or another, you've got to do it, because otherwise you're not going to evolve in the way you engage with your supporters. Uh, you're going to leave them really underwhelmed by the experience, uh, the, the donor journey, as fundraisers like to say, and you're going to leave major money on the table. Uh, there's all kinds of money you could be raising if you would embrace technology. So I think it, there is no, you know, there's no plan B. There's no option B. You really do have to, at this point, understand that technology is critically important to the future of your organization. And one of the main reasons for that is that your donors are already there. And their <laughs> expectation is that the charities that they support are going to allow them to engage in a way that they engage quite naturally in the rest of their life. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, there's also incredible combination effects going on between the channels. And I know multi-channel fundraising is something you've talked about a lot on this show. Um, it's absolutely the case that people will, you know, be engaged and excited and inspired by a cause online and then go and make their direct mail contribution or vice versa. You know, I, I, I'm a donor to NRDC every year, and I appreciate the, the Nature's Voice newspaper they send me. I think it's every quarter, and it helps psych me up uh, for why I've continued to be a donor after all these years. But when it comes time to make that donation, I make it online. So there are these combination effects going on between the channels, and given that digital are the emerging channels who, that are just growing and growing in popularity, it's absolutely not an option anymore for a charity to ignore the technology side of, of what they do. Yeah, and, and, and as we've said many times here on The Nonprofit Coach, you don't have to have all the bells and whistles. Uh, you don't have to wait until sort of the big bang where everything is ready and perfect. 
it's more an issue of integrating technology into the natural course of interaction with donors and supporters and prospects. And just as you said, if you, if you have a newsletter, it doesn't mean that you're getting rid of the newsletter, which, which it always seems to me that, that, that nonprofit organizations want to make those quick sort of knee-jerk uh, re, you know, reactions. It's like, okay, now we don't print, we only do email. Um, or if they, if they give online, then they're an online donor, and so we don't mail to them. Um, and we sort of label all these things, and it, it seems to be a very natural thing that we do, and, and in almost every instance, almost every test, that approach is done to the peril of the overall success of the organization. Yeah. Well, and one of the glories of the web is how easy it is to test things before you commit. You know, in the direct mail world, it's harder. You're spending a lot of money to test different packages and such. But online, the cost of testing two different approaches to fundraising is almost trivial. So why not take advantage of that, you know? And learn a lot more about what your donors actually want, uh, what they're actually um, interacting with, as opposed to, you know, either making decisions for them, uh, or even necessarily um, getting information from surveys. Um, you know, which used to be one of the ways that that you would sort of approach this is, you know, learn, you know, from donors what they're what they're looking for. But it's oftentimes more powerful to assess what they're actually clicking on, what they're actually reading, what they're, because they may not even be self-aware of what their interest in your organization is. Exactly. It's the difference between self-reported information, which is valuable up to a point, and behavioral data, which is much more predictive because it's based on their real behavior. It's, it was a hallmark of, of CARE2 in my years at CARE2, and it's a hallmark of what I do now at Engaging Networks, is storing up all that behavioral data. And if I can plug something. Uh, we actually have a webinar uh, tomorrow morning, 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Um, so it's kind of early for the folks on the West Coast, and that's because we have a substantial uh, bunch of, of supporters uh, in the UK that we're trying to accommodate as well. But in any case, uh, it's all about our reporting features, which are now based on having a parallel database that's kept in sync with our production database, but that allows an unparalleled amount of of in-depth investigation to glean exactly this kind of behavioral data you're talking about and be able to output it into charts and graphs that are really cool uh, and really user-friendly and we think are going to lead to really great insights for our clients. But um, I can uh, send you something that you could put in the links for the, for the Nonprofit Coach radio show uh, so that folks are interested in that um, in that uh, webinar, they can they can reach it. But it, it's uh, going to be given by Graham, be very happy to do that. We do have a link to engagingnetworks.net in the uh, radio links today. Uh, is there information on your website about this? There might be. Uh, there might not be. So I'll, right after okay. uh, this show is over, I'll send you something. Well, we'll, we'll send that along and, uh, and make sure that, uh, that that gets posted. You mentioned CARE2, and that uh, represents a significant part of, of your contribution to the sector uh, in nine years of, of your uh, life. What were some of the main lessons learned during that time? And you said that um, you know, the real-time behavioral uh, targeting and marketing uh, was part of that, and that that has now allowed you to sort of leapfrog the, uh, the opportunities at Engaging Networks. But what is relevant to the average nonprofit organization in the experience that you had at CARE2? Well, I've obviously thought a lot about the things I learned over the years uh, at CARE2. I was nine years there in the acquisition trenches, as I put it, the paid acquisition trenches. And um, you know, one of the big ones is simply to have a CRM. 
uh, and I mentioned this earlier, a constituent relationship management system, because if you don't, you know, it's really hard to grow your list. Um, uh, you know, when you, when you recruit a bunch of fresh, warm leads from a source like Care2, uh, one of the really important things is that welcome series that you greet them with and the ability to do one-to-one -one targeting and to remember what was the action that they just took in order to get recruited to voluntarily sign up for your list. So without the proper software platform, uh, you're, you're not going to be nearly as successful doing paid acquisition Care2 style. Um, I also learned in a big way about how advocacy and fundraising are you know, best friends forever, I guess, BFFs, because there's this powerful intersection when you conduct advocacy online, it turns out the people who take an online action for you are up to seven times more likely to subsequently go on and make a donation. And there's research that shows this. And if you actually even control for past donations, the people who uh, may have donated to you in the past and take them out of the sample, the multiple is still four to one, where the action taker is four times more likely to become a donor. So just huge combination effect for nonprofits that, that do integrated advocacy and fundraising. Um, I learned about the importance of not letting warm leads get cold. So the, the sooner you can engage people, the better. And I was surprised over the years to learn that, uh, you know, I had assumed coming into that experience at Care2 that nonprofits would be better served refraining from asking for money initially from a new supporter. But it turns out the research showed the opposite. <laughs> if you're looking, I mean, the, or the, the practical experience from so many of our clients showed the opposite, that the ones who got the maximum return on their investment doing paid acquisition tended to be the ones who were not queasy about asking for money and uh, would go ahead and, and ask for money from the very beginning of the relationship while supplementing the donation asks with you know, other kinds of content that was engaging in the two-way communication and asking for people to do surveys and uh, pick videos, etc. And then I learned about multi-channel. I would say multi-channel is very hard, much harder than people think to do it well, and yet it's very worthwhile. And, uh, and I'm a firm believer in, in uh, the, the powerful intersection of direct mail and online and, for that matter, telemarketing. And I think lots of charities have figured that out. So, you know, there's a lot of other things that I learned uh, in my years at Care2 from doing paid acquisition for clients, um, you know, using a combination of behavioral targeting and permission marketing in a very powerful way. But those are some of the big ones that stand out. I want to uh, make sure in the uh, two and a half minutes that we have left, it's amazing how fast these shows go, but you're used to that, Clint, uh, to make sure that uh, uh, you wrap up uh, with any final thoughts and make sure that my listeners today know how to reach you. Sure. Well, um, the easy way to reach me is by email, and that's engagingnetworks.net. Don't forget it's .net. Uh, and it's Engaging Networks, plural, so Clint at EngagingNetworks.net. Um, and I also, anybody who's in the Washington, D.C. area, that's where I'm based. I, I get up to New York a lot. I'm actually in New York right now as I speak. Um, and I get over to London quite a bit because we have a team over there and lots of clients. Um, but I would love to talk to anyone, whether it's related to Engaging Networks or not, just about uh, what's going on in the nonprofit sector these days. It's really exciting. Um, I don't know. I guess I, I find this to be an incredibly exciting time, kind of a golden age for, uh, for, for fundraisers, and charity fundraisers, because of all the new tools that are coming out, including ours, but not limited to ours. Um, and I also think that the understanding of how to engage with people is evolving really uh, positively and, and powerfully all the time. So I kind of feel like, you know, nowadays, Fundraisers have so many options. And, of course, I'm, I'm talking primarily about small-dollar fundraisers. 
um, who are going after individual donors as opposed to major donors and foundations. I think those are separate disciplines and, and they have their own separate dynamics. But with regard to, you know, finding uh, grassroots donors for your organization, whether you engage in advocacy or not, there's never been a better time in terms of this ecosystem that has developed between tools and consultants and um, best practices and conferences and publications and shows like this one that spread those best practices. It's really uh, a great time for fundraising. But, um, you know, for me, it's, it's also a chance to, you know, deepen my involvement on a personal level with causes, which, you know, for me began many years ago when I was still at PBS and I worked there for seven years, public broadcasting service. And then I stumbled onto CARE2 and ended up staying nine years at CARE2. And so the joke is mathematically, if I stayed seven years, nine years, now I have to stay 11 years at Engaging Networks. Um, but it's just great to have a, I mean, I know, Ted, you feel this way. It's great to have a job where, you know, you can do well for yourself. You can have a livelihood and provide for your, your family, but you also get to participate in all these really wonderful causes. And work with great people. Thank you so much for being my guest today here on The Nonprofit Coach. You've been listening to the Nonprofit Coach Radio Show with Ted Hart. Tell all your friends to check out our production schedule and download our iPod and iPad friendly podcasts at tedhart.com. Thanks for listening to the Nonprofit Coach.